Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard getting used to new things after so much time. Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf nun dalid. Daf nun dalid in Yuma. So we're up to the, um, uh, the discussion about where, uh, yesterday we, at the end of the daf, we talked about where was the Oro Nignaz. So we had one opinion, there was actually three opinions. We'll see the third opinion today. We mentioned it back in Shkolem. Rabbi Lezer says that it went with them to Bovel. And Rabbi Shimon Lechoy in one opinion also held that it went with them to Bovel. And Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish said, no, it was, uh, it was stored, it was buried underneath uh, the Kodesh Kodeshim itself. The Mkomo Nignaz was his Lashon. Right in its place. And it says, That's our discussion that it was there until this day, meaning in the place of the Kodesh Kodeshim was buried there underneath. And this disagrees with Ula because Ula said that he asked Rabbi Shimon Yochoi and he said, uh, what about he do with her blazers psukim indicating that, uh, that it was taken away to Bavel? Uh, what do you do with the Amayat Omer at the top of Nundalid? Uh, we, had, we, this, we mentioned this yesterday. Atamayat Omer, so, uh, so uh, Rabbi Shimon Yochoi said, Shani Omer, Oron Bimkomo Nignaz. So he says, uh, no, I say it was stored in his place. That Pasuk that we quoted yesterday, um, at the end it says, uh, they were, the uh, staves on the Oran were long. You could see it from the Kodesh. In the Heichel, you could see it through the wall, uh, the Amatraxen, but you couldn't see him outside. We're gonna deal with that. You could see him, you couldn't see him. Until this day. So, uh, so what do you see over here? That Rav Shemir says that they were stored away. Now, like Rav Shemir said in the first opinion that it went into Bavel, that it, they were taken into exile, the, the arm was taken into exile, but rather that it, um, it was buried where it was. said to Ula, how do you see this from the Pasuk? Ula says that he learned from Shemir that it was stored there. How do you see that in the Pasuk? Because it's okay, he says, you know why? Because it is the Yushamari said. The Pasik says it was there until this very day. By the way, I forgot to mention at the beginning that um, uh, again we learned for four slaves for Yosef Hasriel Ben Chaya Michal. So it says uh, it was there until this day. Until this day says, you know what, it's there forever. So it can't be in Bavel where it can't be till this day. It's in this in this place. It says it was in the Kodesh Karashim until this day. Well, it's not there now, so it must be that it's buried underneath. That's how he learned it. So what, because of the Yishamari Mazes, and now the Gemara goes into the question, what do you, wherever the Pasuk says, by you, Sham Ad that means that it's there till this very day, it means forever. Whatever Tukufa you learn, if you live if you live in 5781, like we're living now, Tav, tav Shin Pei Aleph, or if you lived 100 years ago, or if you live 100 years from now, it's always going to be there. It means forever. It says, Ves HaYavusi. The Pasuk says, uh, <coughs> again, the Pasuk says, in Shoftim, Ves HaYavusi, Yoshev Yerushalayim, the Jebusites, right, who lived in Yerushalayim, Lo Rishu B'nai Binyamin. Binyamin, who was supposed to, who took over that area, they didn't uh, inherit them. In other words, they didn't take it away. Vayeshvu, Vayeshu Vayavusi, Es B'nai Binyamin, B'Yushalayim, and the Yavusi lived with the B'nai Binyamin, B'Yushalayim, Adayomazeh, until this very day. That's what the Pasuk says. So what do you say, Hachanami de lo Golu? What are you saying, that they didn't go into Golus? That, uh, that uh, they were, they're still there? They're not here today, but Tainer B'yud Omer, I mean, there was a time when nobody was there. Rabbi Yudomer Hamishim Bishtayim Shana Lo Avar Ish Yehuda. For 52 years, there was a period out of the 70 years they went into exile. Rashi explains how they went into exile at the very beginning when, uh, when um, 
until Korish allowed them to come back, Korish and Bava allowed them to come back and rebuild uh, the temple, right? That was 70, 70 years later, but the first 18 years, there were different stages of, um, of Golos. The 18 years, they went into Golos in the seventh year, in the eighth year, in the 18th year, in the, in the 18th year, in the 19th year. In other words, out of the 70, the first 18 weren't a complete Golos, but the last 52 out of the 70 were a total Golos, Shemar. On the mountains, I will uh, lift up uh, my cry and my wailing. midbar kina, and on the pastures of the uh, of the uh, uh, desert, uh, I will lift. You know, I will have lamentations. ish, because it's been burned out. There's nobody there. Benish over. Nobody's passing through that land. Velo shamukol kol mikne. You couldn't even hear the voice of any animals. not birds. Vadema from animals. Another do halachu. They've all fled. They're all gone. And behema, the gematria of behema is bigematria chamishim v'shnayim. I was fifty-two. Like I've always said, in gemara, in, in chazal, gematria is always one word, not two words or six words or combinations. It's always one word. Here, behema, you have mem is forty. The two hays is fifty. Fifty-two. Fifty-two years. In other words, there's nobody there. So how could you say that the Yavusi is sitting in Yerushalayim, right? Benyamin didn't kick him out. The Yerushalayim ada yomazeh. What do you mean ada yomazeh? There was clearly a time in history when there was nobody in Yerushalayim. So obviously they're not there until this day. So how could you say Adayomazeh means forever? That's what your drush is. In other words, his, our argument is where was the uh, 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 was it exiled to Babel? Or the opinion, uh, the second opinion of Shemri Echoi, like uh, the opinion of Yudah Lakish, know that it was stored under the uh, Kodesh Kodeshim. What, it, why, because it says Adiyomazeh? Adiyomazeh, you see, it doesn't always mean literally forever. It means until that time when it was written, but not uh, forever. The time of Yossi, Omer Shonim, Niskaimba, Gophrus Mela, for seven years, literally, it was desolate. There was just, you know, sulfur and salt, the Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yochum, how do you know that? My time of Yossi, Ossi, bris, bris. And there's a, there's a, the word bris, covenant twice. Ksivoch, it says over here. Uh, here, where is here? So here, is the is in uh, Daniel, the Higbir bris l'rabim, and he will make the, the covenant was made firm. He made it firm for, for the many, for the multitude. Shavua echad for one one week. Now, what Shavua means literally week, but it also can mean seven years, like a seven year cycle of Shemitah. Uh, so for first that means for seven years. Kesiv hasam, and it says elsewhere, right in Varm it says va'amru. Right, this is at the beginning of Nitzavim, right, Michael? That uh, right? What what happened? Why did what? Why did this happen? The why did the bad come upon the Jews? Because they left the bris Hashem and it says over there, Gafris The whole the whole land will be you know burnt up with sulfur and salt, desolate, destroyed. So what do you see over there for those seven years? It says bris by destruction. It says bris l'shem echad that uh, the, we, we firm for shavu echad, meaning that it will be a seven years. Uh, there will be a period of seven years in which the land's desolate, so nobody lived there. So clearly, there was a time. How can you say that the Yavusi is sitting in Yerushalayim? Adayomazeh. You see any uh, down? You go downtown. Do you see any uh, Yavusi down there? There's nobody there, right? So you see, it doesn't mean forever. Amalei. So he answered him. And as he asked this question of Ula, you know, you say Adi that's the Pshat of Shem Diyachoy, and it uh, means, uh, means under the Kodesh Kodeshim, because Adi means forever. Uh, here you see Adi doesn't always mean forever. Amalei Hachak Siv Shom, Hasmak Siv Shom. 
In that case, the Pasuk we're dealing with, Yabusi, Yoshu, Shlaim, Lo, Rishim, Rebin, Yom, Yeshua, Yisra, Espin, Yom, Birushalayim, Ad Hayom, Azeh. It doesn't say Shum. It doesn't say Shum. When it says Shum, there, there it means it. Now, what's the importance of, of the word Shum? It's not that the word Shum means forever, but the Mephoshim explained that, uh, this is the Narabiyuda says that, if, if without the word Shum, you could say that the Bnei Ben Yaman did not um, depose or, uh, or, um, or, you know, or, uh, they didn't inherit or take away the Yavusi. It doesn't mean, it, yeah, they, they, they didn't, it means they didn't stay there. It says, okay, it doesn't say Shum, so they weren't Yushalayim, but it could very well be that they're still among them. In other words, like you have like an Erev Rav. You have an, uh, the, the, the Bnei Ben Yaman didn't kill all the Jebusites that they took over, right? But they, they stayed in their midst forever and ever. So it could very well be Adayom said, yeah, it could be that there are Jebusites among us. You will see, you know, generations of them among the Jewish people. There's some people like today, we don't know who, who's from who's Shevet and things like that. So maybe there, there's some Yavusis. But it says Shum. If it wouldn't be for the word Shum, so you could say, you know what? Adayom is literal. It means until 5781, there are Yavusi living among us. But it can't be not Shum in Yerushalayim, because Yerushalayim, there was a period, several periods, when it was totally desolate. So that's what he means. Over there, it doesn't say Shum, but over here, by the Aron, it says, Vayushum, it was there. It didn't move. It stayed under the Kodesh Kodeshim forever and ever. So that's, so that's what he says. That's why it means Shum. Okay, whenever it says, Vayushum Adayomazeh, when it says Shum, it means literally forever. That's what Nodi Behuda says here, that... Um, Mashmuel says that there's no difference between the word Shum or, or in terms of forever, but the difference is, is that, with, that where it doesn't say Shum, it could be that the Yavusites are with us. Wherever the Jews went, the Yavusites went with them. So it could be Adayom as literal, until forever. There'll always be Yavusites among us, right? Could be that's what it means. But if it would say Shum, that's not a kasha from the Yavusi, because even though we weren't in Yerushalayim for periods of time, we were, they were all knocked out, but maybe the Yavusis came with us. But right, that's what. It, but over here, by the Bein Abadim, it says they were with uh, the Bayuch Abadim, Bayirusham, Bayusham Adayom. Said they were there in the Kodesh Kodeshim until this very day. So now the Gemara says, okay, B'chalech the Siv Sham La'olam. Whatever it says, Sham, that means literally forever. Meisvei Umehem Min Bereishim and Holchul Lahar Seir. From among them, right? From among them, this is a pasuk where in Divrei Yomim. Umehem Bnei Shimon from the sons of Shimon Holchulah said they went to Arsayer Anoshim Chamesh Meos five hundred men Uplatia Unaaria Urafoya Uziel Bnei Yishi Berosham and their leaders their captains were these four right verse four Bnei Yishi Berosham Vayaku as Sheiris Haplata La Molek and they smote the uh, they they beat the uh, leftovers of a Molek. And they stay there. So now this Pusik says both and it says Shum, right? So are you going to say that they're still there? Are you kidding me? The, the, the nation, these guys went up and they're still there. What do you mean, Allah after his Melachashu or the king of Assyria, Sancheir came, and he mixed them all up. He was a smart guy, not like today. When you take over land today, you got to kick out the people. That's why Sancheir knew you got to kick out the inhabitants, otherwise, you have a fifth column in your midst. So he threw them all out. He mixed them all up. Shenemar, Another pasuk says, "Va'asir gvulos amin," and I removed. This pasuk is where in Yeshaya, right? Va'asir, and I will, I will remove the boundaries of the nations. That's what he did. He mixed them all up. No more. You know, he redrew the maps. Va'atudoseim shoshati, and their treasures I robbed. 
In other words, he, he mixed them all up. So here's a Pesach, it says, And that can't be forever because uh, he mixed them all up. Here we prove that even though the Pesach says, No, no. means until the time that this was written, but it doesn't mean forever and ever. So therefore he slugged that up, but still, what do we have two opinions so far? Where was the Aronignas? Either it was taken to Bavel, we had took him for that, he was afraid it was going to write, or, or Yoshio stored it where? Under the Aron, under the Kodesh Kodeshim. Amram Nachman Tan, we have a third opinion. You know, it was buried. It was buried under the chamber of the of the woodshed. There was a chamber that it was really a woodshed. It was, st- it was stored there. So it was also in the base of Midgash, but not in the Kodesh Kodeshim. It was, there was a woodshed there where they kept the wood. Where did, what's a source for this? I learned in the price also. We had this story before. We had it in Shkolem also. What did it say? Mice of a coin. After the story of the coin. Show you Rashi learned he was fooling around. The tiul, he went on a tiul. The tiul shnati. He went on a tiul. He was sitting around, messing around. And he saw one of the balatot, we'd call that, right? One of the uh, uh, pieces of uh, shayish in the base of Migdash, one of the floor pieces there in that area. Right in that area, he saw Mishun Mechavah said it, looks, it was it was askew. It looked like it had been removed. It wasn't exactly fitting in. It, you could tell it had been lifted and put back, and it wasn't exact the way it was supposed to be. Ubabadi and he came and he told his friend. He says, "Look, you know, this looks strange." He couldn't finish telling him where it was and the whole story. until he died. He died. The Yadubicha, they said, you know why? You know why he couldn't reveal it? Shisham Aronganos, because that's where the story, that's where the story. Why wasn't he able to tell it? Because they because he didn't, it wasn't wasn't supposed to be revealed. Mayave, what did he do? What was so wrong with what he did? Why he was killed because he saw it? And what did he do? He was playing around with his axe. He was playing around with his axe. His axe. He had an axe and he was playing around with it. So what was the terrible sin about that? So B'nai Yada says. That Rashi says, Rashi says simply, he was playing around with it. You know, he's fooling around. He shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been. Um, he shouldn't have been playing around. He was fooling around. He wasn't serious, and because of that, he was punished. Or you could say that maybe he just slipped out of his hand, right? Because the the, uh, the the one issue was that you know he was playing around. So he was playing around. So he was punished. He was punished. He was playing around with his axe, and he was punished. And even if you say that what that it slipped out of his hand, that was when, why was it Boshea? Because he didn't fix his property. Now, if you have a, if you're in the army uh, or if you're a, a, a security officer, you should always make sure that your gun is well oiled, that your knife is sharpened, that you're ready to go. Yeah, that's part of your job. You have to have your uh, your tools or whatever they are. They're supposed to be properly sharpened and taken care of. So he was negligent because he was not metakinus klimalachtikaroy, and therefore it slipped. Nishmetagora, and therefore the axe slipped out. Maybe it slipped out of the handle or something like because it wasn't probably done. The Ika Evan Shemal and hit the stone. In other words, he was playing with his own. Not simply, one Rosh says he was fooling around. Because he was fooling around, he was punished. The other shot is, no, no, no. What happened was he was fooling around with, he was playing with his axe, and his axe wasn't properly serviced and taken care of. And the thing fell out and hit the stone. And hit the stone, Malam. In other words, he was punished because, because he was lackadaisical, he was negligent, and his uh, axe wasn't in good shape, so the, the head of the axe fell off, hit the stone, and the axe is something which 
shortens somebody's life. Like it's like a knife, you know, metal takes away a person's knife and that fell on the place of the Aron, which extends a person's life, you know, through tshuva, Torah, etc. The Aron represented... It's and, about the Mizbeach, right? The Mizbeach, right, right. Like the Mizbeach also, we had that's that. That's why you're not allowed to cut the stones. Cut the stone, right, because something, you shouldn't take a knife, which, which shortens a person's life right. on the Mizbeach, which lengthens. So here also, the Aron is representative of the Torah, which extends a person's life, so that was his punishment. Not simply because he was lackadaisical, so no, here what happened was the axe this means he was playing with the axe and the axe, the head of the axe fell off or the axe fell off in the metal, hit the stone and because of that he was punished. Uh, yeah, so that's what happened. Maybe of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he needed, he needed an axe, exactly right, but he should have, he should have had it properly serviced, it shouldn't have fallen. So we have really three opinions now. Where where is the where is the Aron today? One issue is that it was taken into exile, right? In the Pentagon, right? Or in or in Ethiopia, if you read those uh, traditions, right? It's somewhere in Gullus, or it was un, under the Karsh Karshim, or under this woodshed. Pardon? We have we have in the Torah where it says uh, in a couple places where. It mentions a place. Ara Yomazer. Yeah, yeah. And it means Ara Yomazer. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that only for that time. It means until. It could be. Then. That's right. It could be. And it also, but it doesn't exclusively mean that. In other words, now there, now we've proven we've proven from this case here, from the case in Mehem uh, Shimon, right? From this pasuk in um, right. where's the pasuk in in Divrei uh, Yomim. Uh, that Sham Adiyamazet doesn't always mean that, but in certain cases it could mean. It just doesn't mean it doesn't mean exclusively that, but it could mean it could mean that, but it doesn't exclusively mean that. Now, so we have these three opinions. Some of Rishmo Shnei Kohanim Balimum, and he learned the story a little bit differently. There were two Kohanim who were uh, who, who had blemishes, and because of that, they couldn't do the regular avoda like uh, uh, like Kabbalah's uh, halachas rika. They couldn't do that, so they were they were assigned the task of Aymatlin Ba'itzim. They were in the woodshed removing the wood that had worms, because he had to have good dry wood, not wood that was infected uh, and decayed. And there it's felt, exactly like you said, they were doing their job, and it fell out, they were, they were uh, not careful, it fell off enough the shum, and, and, it, and the axe fell on that stone, which, which covered up the, uh, the place where the oran was uh, buried. And the fire came out of that, and and, and uh, consume them, which is basically the same story, but the story is slightly different, but it was also in the, in the Deir Eitzim, in the woodshed. Now we mentioned this Pusik at the end of yesterday's daf and on today's daf, about it says, so what is the whole Pusik? He asks the Kasha, look at the Pusik itself. the Rami, he asks a stira. See if it says, the Pusik says, they were long, and in the Heichal, from the Kodesh, not the Kodesh Kodeshim, you could see the tops, the heads of the staves, the sticks of the staves that, that, that went to, uh, you, with which he carried the Aram, you could see them, right, through the wall, through the uh, Amatrafsen, but you couldn't see them outside, that posseg, it says, in the same posseg, it says, you could see them, but you could see them from the Heichal, you could see them, and it says, you couldn't see them, so it's a stira. It's a contradiction. You couldn't see them. Okay, so how do you resolve that, Stira? Okay, so near and vain in them. You could see them, but you couldn't see them entirely. Rashi says, what does it mean, near and vain in here? Like we're going to explain in a minute that you could see them, you could see them, but you couldn't see them literally. You could see them protruding through the curtain. 
Okay, we'll talk about the curtain in a minute, right? So gets in there. You might think that they can't move. They were never moved at all. They couldn't extend like out from the through the uh, uh, beyond the the kodesh kodeshim. They were very long, and they extended beyond the room itself. So therefore, they should tear. If there was a parochus there, like in the second base of Migdash, they should have torn right through there. Viotsin, you might think they like they protruded right through the parochus. Talmud Lomer, you couldn't see them outside. Okay, it said Dochin, they pushed through the curtain. Ubolten, then they protruded. Viotsin parochus, they went through the parochus, and but you couldn't actually see them. But you could just see they stuck out. In here, Kishay Darisha, like the breasts of a woman, you could see the shape protruding through the garment, but you can't actually see the breasts. That's what he means over here too. Shneimar, Sror Hamor Dodili. The bag of myrrh is like my beloved one. In other words, that he's saying that Ben uh, Shadayalin, right? In the Sher Shirma, he says, my beloved one is like a bag of myrrh. Ben Shadayalin, rest among my breasts. That's the idea also, that should about him look that way. It's a way of showing God's love for B'nai Yisrael through the, through this, uh, through the Abadim. But, but, yeah. but there wasn't any horn in the second Oh, we're going to come to that. Amrav, so, Amrav, so, so, oh, out? very good, very good. Amrav Tina, Bishasha, we'll come to that. Amrav Tina, Bishasha, Yisrael, Olin the Regel. Let's give, I'll give you one quick answer that's not in the Gemara, that it protruded miraculously. Yeah, yeah that it protruded miraculously, even though it wasn't really there. Well, the whole drush about that, too. One is that it was protruded back, but we'll see more about it. I'm and, repeating and the Bishop. In the first place, I think that there was a solid wall. It was a solid wall. Oh, yeah. so yeah. Moshe Feinstein says it was a solid wall, but it had gates and doors. And the doors were could be open, and when the doors were open, there was a prochus there. Doesn't not we don't see that in the Gemara, but he darshans out that way. So it's really hard to understand how this all works. You understand? It either protruded miraculously, even through the door. If it's miraculous, it's a double miracle that it went right through the door. Or, or, or what are we talking about? Right? Exactly right. How did it protrude? The answer is it was all miraculous. When they went to the regal, the golem of the parochus, they would roll back the parochus. They would roll back the parochas, umar and lemesa kruvim, and you would see the kruvim, which were above the, above the, uh, oh, wait, wait, we're going to come, this yeah. doesn't mean literal, we'll see, does, yeah. but apparently it means you could see into the Kodesh Kodeshim. We said the other day, oh, you, you, the, we said the Kohen says, no, we don't have to go direct. Remember, Yosef says you can go in directly on the north side, right in, you could see. What do you mean? You're not supposed to feast your eyes on it, even the Kohen Gaul is not supposed to. So how does this all work? Megal lemesa parochas, umar and lemesa kruvim, shahoyu. They were intertwined, like they embraced one another. The Kruvim were based on Lahem, and they would say, Look how God loves you. Like a, like a husband and wife embracing. Look how, look how they, uh, the, the God loves you. What's going on over here? Like they were able to see into the Kodesh Kodeshim? It goes against everything we've learned. Even the Levium. Who carried the who carried all the parts of the of the Mishkan, including the Aron, etc., weren't supposed to look at it until it was covered. Below your bow, they shouldn't come to. In other words, Bnei Aron, Bnei Aron covered it all up. They wrapped it all up in the wrapping in the cases. Right? They're not supposed to look at it. Even the Levim aren't supposed to look at it as it's being covered. When the, all the Kalim of Ace Migdash are put into their cases, Shalem, they're not supposed to look. Even the Levim who are carrying it or, or about to carry it in a few minutes are not supposed to are not supposed to uh, look. Nachman, right? Marshal Akala, I'll tell you what it is. So he gives an first answer like it's Marshal Akala. It's like a Kala Kosmanch basically, as long as she hasn't yet 
the marriage hasn't, so to speak, been consummated. She's just engaged, you know, like ever since she doesn't live with her husband yet. Sanua Mibala, she's very reserved. She's at Sanua. You know, she's still at home. She hasn't yet uh, consummated the marriage, right? So she's still Sanua. Then you can't look. Kivan but once she's in her father-in-law's house, that's what the minig was. That they would, once they got married, they moved into his house, right? And they were married already. Ain't it Sanua Mibala? Then not Sanua. In other words, when Hashem loved us, in the first base on Migdash, when things were good, right? When we had an Aaron and everything else like that, so things were good, so people could look. Again, what are you talking about? Look at the story over here. You just said the story with the Kohen, who was fooling around with his axe, or he didn't uh, care for it carefully, and it hit the uh, thing, or he looked at it, it might be, and he was b- burned up and destroyed because he might come to see to see the the, uh, the Aron, right? He said, get my friend, you go, you go, look where it is. I mean, I, I, this thing looks strange. And as a, a person who might come to see the Aron was destroyed, and now you say over here that they just opened it up and everybody could look inside? You're talking about in the second base of Middash when there was a parochas, right? Or in the second base of Middash when, when there was no Aron there. The Aron was Nignaz already. Let's say it was stored away down below. The You're talking about when Hashem was not, we, we weren't in God's favor anymore, right? Now we're, we're gone, right? We, we, uh, there's no more Aron and things aren't so good anymore. Now she's estranged again. Like she went back to her first year where she's reserved and you can't look anymore. So we're saying now that, we're saying now that, uh, what, what do we mean here? That in the time of the first base Hamikdash, when there was an Aron, then we, they opened up the Paroches and we were able to see inside and see the Kruvim. That's apparently what it means. This is difficult, right? We're going to have a different answer in a minute. But that's what it means. So, but how do you resolve that with the fact that if they even were close to looking at the iron or seeing where it was, they were destroyed? Well, that wasn't a bad time. The Gemara says, yeah, but now we come to Avram's question. My skin, what are you talking about over here? What's this whole story? If there was in the first place in Megish, Miyavi Parochas. What kind of a Parochas? You say you roll back the Parochas and they looked inside and they saw the in which were, so to speak, intertwined, embracing on top of the Aron, right? That the Shlomo put them there. There was no parochas there. El make the shani. If you're talking about the second base, it's miyavi kruvim. There was no kruvim there. There was no aron. We just said right. There was an evan shasir. There was no aron miyavi kruvim. So what's going on? It says lola make the shani. It was in the first base of mikdash. Umai parochas. What parochas mean? Parochas the babi. We're talking about the parochas, not the parochas that's separated between the kodesh and the kodesh kodeshim, but rather the parochas that was on all the gates. There were various gates, gateways in the base of mikdash doors. And there were parochas there. Dumb Rav Zeir, Amarav, Shlosha Asar Parochas. There were thirteen. We're not talking about that parochas which separated, but which was in the Amatroxin. But rather, there were thirteen parochas in Megiddo. Shiva Keneged, Shiva Sharm. Seven opposite each one of the seven gates leading into the Azara. Shtayim, Shtayim, Achas the Pischol Shalechav, Achas the Pischol Shal Ulam. One by the doorway of the Ulam. That was the entryway, the entry hallway into the before the Heichal, and one at the door of the Heichal itself. That's seven, eight, nine. Shtayim b'tvir, two in the dvir. That's what we're talking about uh, uh, there. V'shtayim keneged, keneged, and balia. So we had nine, and we said there's thirteen. So two opposite the dvir. Now, what are we saying here? That even when there was a wall there, there was also a paroches, right? In the first base of English, when there was an amatrax in there, excuse me, there were also two. Uh, there were there was there was a parochus there also the Steinkin and two uh, upstairs. Remember we talked about the dimensions. We talked twenty by twenty-two, but there was an upstairs in the heichal also. We talked about the area of sixty by forty, the area of the heichal sixty by forty by thirty, 
all right, by, by 30. But then there was an upstairs because the whole area, the whole building was like 100 by 100, we said, right? If you count all the way from the front to the back and the sides and the top. So, so that's what we're talking about over here. So which parochas are we speaking about, right? So he's speaking about, he says, we're not talking about the parochas leading into the, uh, we're not talking about the, so, this, so according to this answer, you could argue there was a parochas there. They lifted up the parochas and somehow they were able to see the kruvim. Says, no, we're talking about Mikdashani, and we're not talking about real Kruvim. We're talking about the Mikdashani like we learned there was a Parochus there. And what's Pshat? So he lifted up the Parochus. There was no Kruvim there, else. we're not even talking about real Kruvim. Well, Kruvim Tsarasa, the painted Kruvim. They were painted Kruvim, they painted them and embroidered them on the Parochus, Abikaime. Yersiv, that's called Kiro Sabayas Masav Kalat. The Pasuk here is Martyr as Yud. It says, Vekela Kruvim, Vitimros, Upatre, Tzitz, and there's different Sukkim of Tzipazov, Miyushar Alam Machuka. Pasuk Malachim says like this that all the walls of the house were carved around, that's the Pasuk, Mosav Kela, Vekela Kruvim, Vitimros. Timros are palm trees, Upture, Tzitz, and open flowers. Right? These were all. Uh, covered, uh, these were on, uh, written like on the walls, they were carved around the walls with these kinds of kruvim, uh, uh, cherubs and uh, cherubs and, and, and uh, palm trees and open flowers. The tzipazov, that's the tzipazov, uh, it's, it's like really t- two different sukkim here. It says that the tzipazov, and they were covered with gold, uh, you know, filled in, fitted in on the graven area there. What he means to say basically is that the walls there in the base of Mikdash were covered up. They made all these kind of uh, either embroideries or paintings. They actually painted it and stuff like that. And that's what they were able to see. We're talking about the second base of Mikdash. We're not really talking about real kruvim. There were no kruvim there at all. They lifted up the prokhus and they were able to see uh, these uh, these pictures. Uksiv and another Pusik says there, he goes on, the Pusik in uh, Malachim says, Kamar uh, Ishvilavayos. Uh, like a like a, a person who is embracing uh, with wreaths of uh, veloyos. The real the pasuk says vayifatachalaluchos, right? Vayifatachalaluchos. You know, said they uh, they um, uh, carved out on the on the luchos. You know, said about miskrosen on its on the uh, frames. Kruvim arayos and uh, lions vasimros kamar ish veloyos saviv. Like what does it mean kamar ish veloyos? What does that mean? Kamar ish veloyos. Amar abachala. So my kamar ish v'levayos, amrabah bar rav, bar rav shila, ki'ish ha'ma'ura b'levia, like a man embracing his companion, embracing his wife. Uh, that's what he means among his hands. So that's what he means here, that these things were embroidered on the wall. So what do we have here? We have, the first answer was, we're speaking about the Mikdash Rishon. It was really the Mikdash Rishon. And what parochas are we speaking about? We're not talking about the parochas really, maybe it was the Amatraxon, maybe it was a parochas in one of the other places. Rashi says here, then the first one was also Prochus there. So what it really means is they were able to see inside because Hashem, according to the first answer, there was a time when we were we found favor in God's eyes. Hashem was happy with us. And he allowed us to look from outside. They lifted up the parochas. Okay, but how did you see if there was still a door? If there was still a, a solid wall, Michael, how could you? How could you see? Right? How could you see? The answer is 
that, that's where Moshe the says that it's speaking about there were doorways that are also, and they were able to see. That's all one answer, first base of Megdash. Second answer is no. It was in the second base of Megdash. But if it was in the second base of Megdash, you could say, how did the sticks stick out? Like you asked before, how did the sticks stick out? The answer is that it'd be miraculous. That was that was miraculous. That, the Kohen had to walk through the two parophases that they were sticking. That the second base of Megdash, right? Right. The second base of Megdash, they were sticking. It, it, it exactly. Tzura. It was a tzura. It was a tzura. the second. That's the second answer. That it was on the tzura b'chal. There was no kruvim there anyway. It was just the tzura. It was just paintings of the uh, kruvim. But in the first answer, we're talking about literally the kruvim. So how did you see three? How did you see three of some octroxim? Unless you have to say there were doorways there and uh, that were that were open. Did so Aaron go out to war with them? Did yeah. They? So they yeah. saw the Aaron. It's not like they didn't. It was a sword to look at it. They well, saw the, it. the the yes, yeah, so, a sword to touch it. But right, they, right. So, they but saw it. but also uh, the the they took out the uh, the luchos went with them. I don't know if the Aaron always went with them. The luchos went yeah, with the them. Right, right. There was, was just they, right, right. Just luchos. Right. The second one they went out. With, they went out with the safer Torah. They went out with the uh, with the luchos, not necessarily with the always with the uh, with the Aaron. Amrish Lakish. When the Nachum came and we they took us in, into exile and they came in and they defiled the Hechal, they saw the Kruvim that were, this is uh, you see in the first place in Migdash, they saw them, uh, the Kruvim that were intertwined, embracing one another. They took them outside to the market. Um, look at the Jews. Look, look at this. Isn't this disgusting? Um, and as they didn't understand the high spiritual idea of Hashem's love for us, like, uh, like uh, a man embracing his wife. But Rabbi said, "Law, this is you know, it's a disgusting thing." Rabbi Yisrael, law, these Jews, shabachasim bracha. When they bless you, it's a bracha. There is a blessing. Kolas niklal and their curse. In other words, these Jews who were so chashiv that whatever they say happens, their bracha is a bracha and their clothes are called Yaskim with Rabbi They should take. In, they should uh, uh, be osik in these uh, in these in this manner. In other words, it looks uh, uh, looks like uh, something that's very uh, improper uh, to show in, the, in their holiest of places. They're showing a man and a woman embracing. Miad hizilum, so therefore they were despised by the by the goyim shnemer. Kol machabdeh, he's the ones who honored them before, despised her now. Kirov erasa, because they saw her nakedness. That's how they interpreted. They interpreted in a lewd manner, and because of that, they, the Jews were uh, were despised by the goyim. But Shasiyahisanikras, that stone. Remember, at the second base of Migdash, there was no there was no Aram, and there was a stone there, three uh, finger breadths high from the ground. It was called Evan Shasiyah, the, the the stone of foundation. Because from that stone, the whole world was founded. Was founded. Words, the world was created from that spot. Hashem, so to speak, made that spot first in the uh, Kodesh Kodashim, and from there the world was created. Tanan command our Mishnah goes like who says, command Amar Mitzion never. How was the world created? So we have Machlokas. One says that it was created from Tzion. Hashem started the world there, and then He built out from there. That's like our Tanu says, Eben Shasiyah. The Tanya, the Kamadam, it's a Nivra, the Tanya, Blazer Omer, Olamiyam Tsiuso Nivra. Blazer holds the world was created from its midst, from the inside. Shinemar, Betsekis offer Lamotzek, when the, uh, when the, uh, the dust, the dust turns into a mass, when you run it, you, you run it up and you turn it into a mass, where a government, and the clouds of earth stick to one another. In other words, it shows you that it was created from its middle, meaning it just started in the middle and then just rolled up and rolled and rolled and rolled and became bigger and bigger. That's Rabbi Lezer Shita, right? Rabbi Shuomer, Olam and Atzadon, Nivra. So Rabbi Lezer says it was created from its middle, meaning what's the middle of the world? The middle of the world is the base of Mikdash, Yerushalayim. That's why halachically they say that where is the um, international date line 
right? It's, a, it's 180 degrees from Yerushalayim, halachically. In other words, the international dateline that the world uses is very close to the real international dateline, because when you figure it out, you have to have some way to figure out when does a day start. It goes around the world, so where do you count it from? You count it from Yerushalayim. So if you look 180 degrees around the globe, you'll see that it's also around, it's not exactly where it is, but it's somewhere in that area between Japan and Asia, that's where, that's where it is. So, because the world, this is the center of the world. The center of the world starts in the base of Mekdash, and that's what was the world's creator. Blazer also is the same thing from how is a baby uh, uh, created? Where does it start from? Does it start from the head, as we apparently see in the, or does it really start from the navel, from the center? So Blazer's always sheet is that it starts from the middle. Uh, that's what Blazer's sheet, the Mitzia and the Abrash, the Tanya Blazer says, was created from the middle. Shnever Batsekas offer la Mutzak, when the uh, dirt, rolls out into a mass, or a government of the book, or Rabbi Shua says, no, Olam Atzad was created from the side, so to speak, there were four corners of the world, and it all folded up. Never Shinemar, Kila Sheleg, Yomar, the Pasuk says, uh, let's see, little Pasuk, Kila Sheleg, Yomar, Hevei, because Hashem said to the, to the snow, you should be, Hevei Eretz, right, you should be, Hevei uh, Eretz, you should, told the snow to turn into land, the Geshem, Motar, and the, uh, and the rain will turn into heavy rains. Vegeshim ataros uzo, its strength. And Rashi says, take a look at the Rashi over here. Kileshelig yomar ueretz tas eretz become land. Umahechen from where geshem ator vegeshem ataros. Where will it come from? Me'arba started from the four corners, the four sides of the world. Horidu vegshimu leasus eretz. In other words, the snow and the rain all came from the four sides of the world and made the world that way and turned it into uh, into the mass. Again, this sounds more like. You know, not a, not a world where we knew that the Earth is round, etc. It sounds like you know you, you pictured it as one as as a square mass. And Rabbi Shua says that's how the world was created from its sides. Rabbi Yitzchak, or different gears says this is Rabbi Yehuda brought down elsewhere that it's not Rabbi Yitzchak, but it's rather Rabbi Yehuda says that on the side. Uh, I can't even see the where it is now, but it's on the side or somewhere that he says that it's not. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha, but it's rather Rabbi Yehuda Omar. Even Yarakosh Baruch Hu Hashem threw, Hashem threw a big stone into the ocean. So we understand the world as being part of the of the of the uh, the, the, the ocean as being part of the world. So what do you mean, Hashem? So now he says the world really means the earth, right? Because the ocean was there already. Here he says uh, he says that. Uh, the Hashem threw a big rock into the ocean. We met in Nishas Olam, and from that rock, the whole world, the, that rock, sort of so to speak, when it fell into the ocean, and the ocean, uh, you know, raised up, the water came up. From that, that house, the world was founded. Shinemar, Alma Adonah Hutbo. And what was its uh, foundation fastened, or on what was its Adonah, uh, uh, the clasps, sunk into the ground? In other words, Hashem, so to speak, threw a rock into the, uh, into the ocean. Maybe that scattered the water, and that rock turned into into uh, into the land. This is Ahmad and Abba, and how was its foundation fastened? Fastened, Omi Yara Evan Pinasa, or who uh, laid the cornerstone, or who threw the cornerstone there? So it means to say, like Hashem threw threw a rock, and that was the cornerstone. So that's one. That's the uh, that's where Yitzchak Nafka says that. That's how it was really created. So it's like three opinions so far. But Acham say no, Mitzion never. Acham say like Reb Lezer said before that was created from Tzion. Shenemar Mizmalosef. It's not clear to me whether Mitzion. In other words, if you say this whole Brisa says is uh, Reb Lezer Shita from the middle, and uh, the next Shita is what uh, the uh, who's the second Reb Yeshua says it's from the sides, 
And Rabbi Yitzchak Nafko or Rabbi Yudah says, if it was from a stone that Hashem threw into the ocean, and now we have the opinion of Chachamim Omri Mitzio Nivra. So that sounds like, not like the Rabbi Lezer saying from the, that's not the same as says Rabbi Lezer. Memtzioso Nivra from the middle, but is Tzio in the middle? Not clear to me. It's some of the Bryce, it sounds like there's four opinions here. From the middle, from the sides, from a stone thrown into the ocean. The Chum say, Mitzio Nivra Shenema, Mizmala Osof, Kel Elokim, Hashem. Pasik says, this is a Pasik in Tillim, Mizmala Osof, Kel Elokim, Hashem, Diber Hashem spoke, by Yikra Eretz, and he called out the land, the Mizrach Shemesh Admavo, from the, uh, from the uh, east and the sun until it sets. And then it sends off. The next Pesach says, Mitzion, Michlal Yofi, Elokim Hofia. Okay, that whole Pesach says, Mitzvah Yofim, Hashem Ve'omer. And the next Pesach says, Mitzion, Michlal Yofi, from Tzion, will its, uh, will its uh, beauty be perfected. Mimenu, Michlal Yofim, from there, the, the uh, beauty of the world will be, will be uh, perfected from Tzion. Tainer Blazar, Gadol Omer. So number, so we see here these either three or four opinions. Right, it's, if if the chacham is the same as Rabbi Lezer, from the middle of the world it's Siyam, but he doesn't really say that. He says Mayam so from the middle, wherever the middle is, you know, maybe maybe it means deep inside, under the ground. You know, so the middle could mean from, from the core. Maybe that's what it means. But it seems that there's four opinions: either from the middle, the core, from the sides, from a rock thrown into the ocean, and that started the the world. That was the cornerstone, or from uh, from Siyam. Tainer Blazer Agadol Omer Ela told us a Shemayim Baris Bibarim back at the beginning in in, uh, in uh, Shani in Bereishis it says Ela Soldos a Shemayim Baris Bibarim these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created Biomas Hashem Shem Lukim Eretz Shem the day Hashem Lukim made the uh, land and the heavens Toldos Shemayim Mishemayim that's what he says Toldos Shemayim the generations of the Shemayim what is the generations that means the derivatives from the Shemayim what's that Rashi says Maorus Akhavim the lights and the stars came from the heavens, Nivru told us, Aretz, Maretz, and uh, whatever came out of the land, like man, etc., that came out of the, came out of the land. Uh, told us, uh, told us, Shemayim, Shemayim, Nivru, told us, Aretz, Maretz, Nivru. Chomer, no. Elu, Elu, Mitzia, Nivru. Again, this goes like the Chum in the previous Brisa. Everything was created from Tzion, Shemar, Mizmor, La'asaf, Kel, Kim, Hashem. God is the, is the uh, Lord. Deber, he spoke, Vayikra, and he called out, Eretz, he said, Eretz, you know, start me Mizrach Shemesh starting from Zion. Now make the land go from the eastern side where the sun comes up until the sun sets. Baomer, the next pasuk says, Me Zion Michlal Yofi, Elokim Hofia. From Zion will be perfected the beauty. Hashem Elokim Hofia, Hashem shine forth. Me Menu Muchlal Yofi Shalom. From there, from the Zion, the beauty of the world will uh, was perfected. So that's the machlokis as to how the world, or at least how the earth, was created, and the different opinions as to what happened in the second base of Migdash. But the answer to your question about how did it stick through, how did it uh, stick through? So if you learn, like the Pshat, that there was really curtains in the first base of Migdash also, as we said, right? So it could very well be when the doors and the troxen were opened up, then you could see the, then you could see when, when there was a, when there was a, um, uh, when there was a, um, a, 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 um, an Aron in the first place of Migdash with the Badim and the Amatraxin had doors and curtains so if, if you opened up the door then, then the staves could, could be put to that and then it could work but the Gemara doesn't say that specifically the Gemara doesn't really say that right 
The Gemara says, well, you know, uh, you know, how did they, he went between, when we looked at what we talked about the Avoda, the Kohen Gadol went in with Malo Chofnav, right? He says, what, what, but what do you mean? He didn't put it on the Aron, there was nothing there. Okay, in the place, we saw in those illustrations, in the place where the Aron was, there was no Aron there, but he went in the place. But what about the staves? There was no staves there. But where the place where it was, that's a Pashup shot. But according to what we're saying, according to what Moshe Feinstein says, that there were really, really curtains in the first base of Migdash, like he said here also. There were, there were curtains all over. Even the 13 curtains that we talked about, the Shaman is also two curtains. In the where the Amatraxum was, but if there was if the Amatraxum was one solid wall, then uh, what difference does it make if there's curtains on the outside? That's best for beauty, but how do the things stick out? So he says no that there, there were doors in the Amatraxum, even when it was a solid, it wasn't one solid wall. There were gates there and doors, and then if the doors were open, then you know physically the staves could have stuck through. It's clear that there was no Aron in the second base of Megiddo. It was only in the first base of Megiddo. But in the first base of Megiddo, if there were doors in the Amatraxin and uh, and not like we've seen in the illustrations, right? That it was a solid wall, whatever. But if there were doors there and Sharm that opened up and the staves could have protruded without seeing them, could have protruded through the curtains, and that would make sense as to how this goes. But you still have the difficulty that the first base of Megiddo, they literally lifted up the curtains and they were able to see into the Kruvim, according to the first shot, not the second shot that the Kruvim was in the second base of Megiddo, and they were just embroidered versions that weren't really Kruvim. But according to the first shot, when Hashem loved us in the first base of Migdash, they actually lifted up the curtains and they were able to see the Kruvim. That's apparently what it means. All right, tomorrow's daf is daf nun hey, starting on this last line on uh, on the base that'll be on the podcast. And on Sunday, Meretz Hashem, we'll start at the bottom of Shabbos' daf, the last four or five lines, talking about Breira, uh, the discussion will be for Dafnun uh, on Sunday, Mirza Hashem. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. Call to. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Thank you. Yeah, pardon? Thanks again for the practice. Oh yeah, no, it's our pleasure. It's not. It's, it's not just you, Romy. Romy, it's not. Oh, you're the pod, yeah, the, wait, the podcast or the Zoom? It's good to, uh, the Zoom for sure. Yeah. But the podcast, yeah. You know, Baruch Hashem, yeah. Baruch Hashem. No, it's good. It's good. Now we'll continue. We'll try to continue in sure. You know, with the podcast and the uh, and the Zoom and live for those who are here. Okay, call to have a good Shabbos. Call to. Call to. Call to.